Hello, Mark Ya. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. Mark stands for Meet with God, Reach Out to Others, Know His Purpose for Your Life, and to develop your potential. I want to encourage you before we even get started to ask God to soften your heart, open your mind to receive what He has for you. You're loved by a great God. All right. If you have a Bible tonight, turn to Acts 9. Acts 9. If you don't have a Bible, there's about 50 of them right here. Come get one. You can take it home with you. Thank you for coming to get a Bible. Anybody else? Okay. They're up here for you. And if you don't have one, this NIV, it's good. It's a good Bible. It's a great version. It's what I, when I was memorizing scripture and falling in love with Jesus, that was the version. And uh, I love that. And I love the NLT. And of course, there's lots of great versions. If you're smart enough to read only the King James Version, then you probably should teach me some things. I'm not, I can't read that way or think that way, but I do understand that there's a ton of depth in it. All right, we're going to talk tonight um, about somebody very significant in the Bible. Say Paul. All right. He is, uh, aside from Jesus, anybody get my Facebook Live message earlier? This is the first time I'm learning how to do this. Anybody? I just need to know. This is like, does this work thing? Did it work? It didn't work for you, Logan? Oh, okay. All right. I'm learning. I'm learning. So, hi, Facebook Live. We're on Facebook Live right now. So, if anybody that's home, they can be able to watch and uh, get encouraged from their couch. Amen? All right. So Saul um, became Paul, and you have to understand, he was basically what we would call today a terrorist. He was killing Christians, okay? And he did it thinking that he was doing the right thing. You ever done something wrong thinking you were doing the right thing? Yeah. Talk to me, everybody, right? You ever have something slightly off, you thought it was this way, and then later God kind of revealed it to you, you've kind of been doing that the wrong way. Um, I remember having seasons where I thought the way to get rich was to invest into properties and leverage money and do all these kinds of things. And let me just tell you, it didn't turn out real blessed. I ended up with a lot more debt. And I had a whole bunch of cash and I ended up with no cash and it ended up with debt. Because I didn't do things God's way. It took some time for me to go, I give, I give. You understand money, Lord, better than I do. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a blessing in my life um, seeing that all turn around. But I had to go through some difficult things. Well, Saul was a guy who, who was, he was a Pharisee, the Pharisee of Pharisees. So he's the guy who, to the letter of the law, everything that was expected, uh, he did it, right? He, he had the Pentateuch memorized, which is Genesis, Exodus, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. He had it all memorized. He, had, he, he, he gave to the penny on the day, on the moment, in the hour. He, he, he was... Following every, you know, they had a thing, there were 640, I believe, uh, laws that were called the uh, Talmud. And you had to try to obey all these. Anybody exhausted yet? This guy was, con- I mean, he, he excelled because he was just so excellent at being what he would have considered to be godly or religious. Okay? But unfortunately, when Jesus came, what he didn't understand was that Jesus wasn't into religion like maybe some of us misunderstood, he was into relationship. So he came, it says in Scripture, not to abolish the law, but to complete it. And, to, and he came so that he could have connection with Ryland and with me and with Marco and with you. Okay, He didn't come so that you could constantly fail and go, 
I'm, I'm terrible. I'm, a, I'm, I'm the worst Christian in the history of the world. Anybody ever had that day where you're just like, I should just start over? Um, it happens. God knew that we were going to struggle. And he came and he, and he gave us Jesus, which brought mercy. <laughs> the whole thing changed. Jesus spoke on the Sermon on the Mount and he said, listen, let me tell you something totally different. Okay? Grace. Abundantly. You want to learn to get close to me? Learn to admit your weaknesses. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Or blessed are those who are happy when they learn that they are bankrupt without Jesus. It was a whole different way of teaching, okay? So Paul hears about all this and he's like, these people are crazy. They're not following the laws. And so he's just going around persecuting people. And so he's just minding his own business. Have you ever had one of these days where you're minding your own business? Everything's going perfectly fine. You're in your world. You're in your little box and everything just gets messed up in a moment he's on the road to Damascus in chapter 9 it talks about this this is the the church got to remember Jesus has ascended the disciples of you know the churches that started and you know they had first they had the 3,000 people that came to know Jesus they all got baptized they start eating together they're living together they're just they're selling everything they've got to make sure nobody has any issues okay it's bliss it's Church heaven. They're all in this whole new thing going, wow, God, you're awesome. And then God meets this guy that none of them are real comfortable with. Okay? And he comes on the road to Damascus. And this is, I just want to take you to this point in the story so you can understand what's happening. He says, meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him, for letters to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any who belonged to the way, okay, Christians, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you, uh, who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him um, by hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and, uh, and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias answered, you ever been asked to do something you really didn't want to do? This is him right here. I have heard many reports about this man in all and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you, on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Spirit. Immediately, things like scales fell from Saul's eyes 
and he could see again, he got up and was baptized. Wow, what an encounter. Having a moment on a donkey, on a dirty road, minding his own business, and all of a sudden Jesus comes and meets with him and everything changes. I just want you to think back right now to when Jesus met you. Maybe you're in the middle of that. Maybe that hasn't even happened yet. But I just, for, for most of you in this room, probably that's happened. Okay? And that moment when he came and he met with you and he started to change everything. And I want to take you on that journey tonight for you to see. I think there's, there's something sequential that happened in, in uh, Saul to be Paul, okay? In his journey that can affect you and me and especially not only our own journey, but to have grace for the people around us as they're moving along their journey. Have you ever met somebody that was a Christian that you thought, I love you, but you drive me nuts? Anybody with me? Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's a hypocrisy in you. There's a, you say you're this, but you act like this. You, you, um, Maybe it's just something in their personality. You don't even know why it drives you nuts, but it does. I, I want to encourage you tonight. There needs to be in us, I mean, you have to realize Jesus came for lost and broken people. He really messed with people because the people that he spent time with were the ones that were the most messed up. And, and nobody knew what to do about it. Like, Jesus, where are you? And then he's sitting over at the well with the prostitute. And then they're all coming and they want to stone her and he's like just drawn in the sand. He's like, I don't have time for your foolishness, okay? And he just, he did things a different way. Would you agree? Yeah. To this day, everything that he did then is still, people are still like, wow, it's unbelievable. Because it's so difficult for us in our human nature to understand when we really encounter love and full, beautiful grace, how to react to it. Maybe you've experienced that from somebody. Maybe somebody has shown you that a time or two in your life when you fully deserved this and you got this. You got grace. You deserve judgment and you got this. I want to believe tonight that as God speaks to you, that the paradigm shifts a little bit for you to understand what love and grace and mercy are really supposed to look like because really it's supposed to look totally different from the way the world thinks. When people encounter you, they should not be confused about what Christianity is. And I can tell you, when I'm on the freeway, when I'm in a business situation that just, you know, isn't quite going quite right, or I'm in a, you know, in the grocery store and they screw something up, they mess my coffee up, whatever, there's moments when I can tell you over the dumbest things that I don't want to act very Christian. Can anybody relate to this moment? I just want somebody to fix it and I want them to just do what I tell them to do. Would you agree? You know, like there's, a, there's this thing inside us like we, we want justice. How dare you say that to me? How, you know, and what we have to do is recognize where that comes from. And there's part of that that is okay. But there's also part of that that will keep you out of relationship. I want to be a person that God can trust. He can plant somebody in my path over here early on in their process, and he, he will trust that, that I'll have enough grace and enough love to invest, to spend time with, and to see them over here as the finished product. Are you guys with me right now? 
If only I can be connected with people in my life and in my journey that have it all together, I'm very limited in who I can influence. Would you agree? Okay, so I want you to see the way that Jesus looked at Saul. He saw potential in him, didn't he? This guy was crazy. I mean, he was passionate about some things. And I want you to, as we break this down, I just want you to reflect on it for a few minutes. I'm just going to go pretty quick here. But I, I want you to see what happens when God encounters us and maybe how he encountered you. But then I also want you to reflect because maybe not all of them are going to line up for you, but some of them are. And some of them are going to line up for some other people in your life. And you're going to go, that's what God's doing in his life. That's what God's doing in her life. And I get it now, so I'm going to stop hammering away on the fact that they're not loving because they really haven't gotten healed in this area. So maybe I just need to pray for this so that way they can get from here to here. And I stop being rude to them. I can stop being unkind to them. I'm going to stop speaking badly about my family. I'm going to stop cursing my parents. I'm going to stop, you know what I'm saying? So people inherit, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. And, and they don't know that they're even doing it. I, I, I've just over the last couple weeks encountered some people that I thought, what in the world, Lord? And as I got myself still enough time, God would just show me, this is what I'm doing in them. How about you work with me instead of against me? Because right now you're not helping. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be somebody who's working against the Lord. Like, like this guy, Ananias, I want to work with God. You, are you guys with me? Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. So in this, in this journey, as God meets him, the first thing he does is kind of stops him in his tracks and confronts his sin. He says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know? And... It's understanding that God will come and he will convict of sin. Sometimes we heavy so much on the grace and on the love that we forget that really the purpose of the law was that it was to convict of sin. Now, I, I believe that we've gone so far that way in the past and, now, and then sometimes we come way over here and we, oh, Jesus loves you and grace and mercy and all that. It's wonderful. He's both. He's fully just and he's all full of love and grace. Do you understand? He's both. And his message, most of the time, he's going to come and he's going to meet you at a place of love, mercy, grace. But he, he's not going to contend and, and, and hang out around your sin. He will come and say, listen, this right here, this is not, does not line up with me. You want this to stay in your life and I've got to tell you, this is going to mess you up. So he meets Saul. So I mean, he could have told him a thousand things in that moment, couldn't he? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? Why are you persecuting me? He didn't say, why are you persecuting John, Susie, Sally, and whatever? Why are you persecuting me? I think that's significant. Why aren't you aligned with me? Why are you aligned over here with this religious mindset? He introduced himself, number two. Jesus was like, this is who I am. I'm Jesus who you're persecuting is the second thing he said. Okay? I was in my mid-twenties. I was full of pride, full of love for myself. And Jesus met me in very much a similar way. And I remember just getting floored. And I didn't even know I was walking in sin, you guys. I thought I was a good person, a good Christian. But there, there was, everything was about me. I was very manipulative. I was very, you've heard, a lot of you have heard my story. But I can tell you, I feel very much like I got knocked off a mule when that happened. You know, 
there was some things in me that kind of went right down this line, and I think it'll speak to you too. So Jesus introduces himself. He says, I'm Jesus, I'm the Alpha, I'm the Omega, I'm the beginning, I'm the end. Jesus will introduce you. As soon as he comes and says, please, please, please stop sinning, he goes, look, this is who I am, I'm love. So I want you to think of that in relation in your own life. He's not coming over to hit you over the head with a hammer. He will point things out, but then he will back it up by telling you about who he is and what he wants to do to solve the problem. You know, if I come into Ryland's life and I just try to fix everything, why would he allow me to do that even as a friend if he doesn't know my heart is to be a blessing, right? So he comes and he introduces himself. Think about that in relation to how we build, how we build relationship with people so that we can influence them. You don't just move in and go, I got a few things to say to you and a few things I want to change. Nicole, these are your issues. Bum, bum, bum. You're like, hey, we met yesterday. This is too much. <laughs> Doesn't work, does it? He comes in grace. He comes in humility. He comes in mercy and he, and he introduces himself. You know, um, I was thinking this last week. Have, did you hear about this new discovery they had of these new seven planets that kind of look like Earth or whatever? I really don't know much. I only heard it through other people. Haven't even heard the, re- the report. I'm looking forward to, you know, looking into it. It's awesome, though. It's almost like him going, <laughs> I'm pretty cool. There's more. You thought you saw it all? You don't see it all. You know, you look at studies they've done of these little, you know, reflections of where, you know, there's just clusters of billions and billions of stars, you know, and they just reflect the cross. I mean, God's just beyond. He's beyond what we can even comprehend. But he shows up in so many different ways just to say, I'm here. I want you to think about that right now. How many times has God introduced himself, reintroduced himself? I'm here, Rebecca, for you. I've got you, Logan. You know what I mean? I, I, can, I can probably put... Put it down in a journal a dozen, 15, 20 times that God has just come and said, Aaron, sit still. This is who I am. I'm good. That's why it's so important, you guys, to to be able to be in God's presence and to live to, to give him praise. Because, you know, it's when he comes and he massages your heart and softens you up so that you can receive something new, something fresh. You weren't made to be able to exist without worship. It was supposed to be a big part of our journey. Second, third thing he does is he changes our vision. What does he do? Blinds him in the natural like that. He goes, you're going to try to figure all this out because that's the way you're wired. Let me just shut you down for a while. Takes away his vision. He says, you just go. I'm not going to let you see anything. I want you to remember this moment. Do you only think what he was thinking right then? I could see, now I don't see. I just heard the God of the universe talk to me. Do you think he might have had some things stirring in his heart? Oh my goodness, I'm about to die. Yeah? yeah? You haven't. Why are you persecuting me? I am God. <laughs> and you can't see anymore. <laughs> I, you, you'd have some things rolling around in your head and in your heart, right? You'd, there'd be some confession going on. Oh my goodness. Everything I thought I knew, I don't know. Hebrews 12.2 is what jumped into my spirit. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. In these moments, when everything gets screwed up and you don't know what's happening and God's working on something and you don't understand what's happening, you got to imagine all that was going on inside him. You know, when you can't see in the natural, when you don't know what God's doing in this moment, you had these moments, something shifts and changes in your life. A job, you lose a job, you lose a friend, a relationship, you know, 
something shifts you, 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 you couldn't see coming. And all of a sudden, you're just kind of walking around in a daze. Those are the moments in life that you have to fix your eyes on Jesus. You get there, you get that square. It's amazing how things start to become clear. So he starts walking, and he just, in obedience. And the next thing, what does Jesus do? He just starts putting people in position. You have to understand, when we obey, God's going, okay, you obeyed. I've got boom, 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 all lined up for you to get you healed and to get you ready and to get you sent. I like that, do you? I like knowing that he's, even if it's plan A, B, C, and D, I didn't quite get aligned until D, I'm pretty sure I was on like G, okay? When I finally said yes and started walking in obedience, I can tell you God had things just lined up. As soon as I came home, it was like this, 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 mentors, people to just pour into me because he was committed to me. How, many, how long do you think he was chasing this guy until finally he goes, goodness sakes, I'm just going to knock him off his mule, like, he probably had a hundred other things that he tried to do, right? Um, but Saul, to Paul, just said, nah, I know, I've got my whole thing figured out. Finally, he knocks him off. And as he's wandering around, God says, all right, you just walk where I tell you to. And he starts putting people in position, you know? The next thing he says, he sees in us what others can't. He goes, this guy is going to be used as a tool to reach people nobody even knows I want to reach yet, the Gentiles. He's, he's already way ahead of the game. I want you to think of the thing you're facing right now in life that you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do about this financial issue. I have no idea what I'm going to do about this health issue, about this family issue. I got you. I'm here. You're here. I'm up here on step 10. I'm, I'm ahead of you. All you have to do is start walking with me, and you're going to start to see blessing, 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 blessing. But the problem is when we stop and we start taking a right turn or a left turn, we got to stay walking with him. So Saul is being obedient to do what, only what he knows to do in this moment. And God puts Ananias into position, and then he comes and he says, look, this is what I'm going to do. He turns, you know, what, what everybody saw as hatred, what did Jesus see it as in Paul? He saw passion. What everybody would have saw as a religious spirit, he says, oh no, that's going to be righteous. What was pride is going to be humility. What was perversion is going to be purity. That's how he thinks. He sees the best in you. He sees the finished product in you. The problem isn't his vision, it's our vision in those moments. That's why when I get into God's presence, when I get into his word, I get my vision corrected. Praise the Lord for my iPad. It's going to work. Healing. It's good. No crack. Thank you, Jesus. This is where my vision gets corrected. Guys, don't miss it. We're almost done. This is where it gets corrected. Because I'm, I'm not wired, stay off the cliff, I'm not wired to be able to stay on point without spending regular time with him. You can look back all the way through from the very beginning of this book to the end and you'll see the same storyline. If you spend time with me, if you get into my presence privately, you can come here every Sunday and every Wednesday. But I can tell you, you will not get the growth you desire until you're spending time with him on your own in the secret place. When you start to seek him in the morning or at noon or at night, I don't care. And just get a couple verses in you that you can chew on through the day. God, would you just reveal your heart to me today? Give me somebody that I can be kind to today. If you prayed that prayer every day, 
And that's all you ever prayed? I promise you, you'll go 10 times further with the Lord than you are in position to do right now if you're not praying that prayer. Help me to learn from you today, Jesus. Help me to walk in humility and help me to be loving to someone that I don't. Help me to see what you see today. Amen. Where's my cereal? You know, whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Just be intentional. What are you going after? I want to have my vision corrected. Do you? I want to have my mind set on what he's seen. He gives us new eyes, new strength, and a new nature. So the next thing he does is it says, Saul, Paul, I'm going to fill you. And as soon as he fills him, then he gives him his sight back. So he's like, you, I know you. If I give your sight back before I do this, you're going to mess it all up. But you sit still right here. I'm going to fill you. I'm going to put this person in position, this person who's been kind and was willing to come risk their life just to lay hands on you and pray for you, comes and lay hands on them like that. Isn't it interesting? Jesus could have done all that without, without Ananias, but he said, I want to use Ananias because I want to build a bridge in relationship. How many times God is going to use you? He's going to put you there in that uncomfortable place when you've got to go talk to that person you don't want to talk to. You know? Anyway, God fills him and gives him new strength, new vision, a new understanding, a new nature. And let me tell you, this guy from that moment and until the day he went home, ran like nobody else has ever run in history apart from Jesus. He wrote over half of the New Testament. I mean, God used him in a powerful way. The guy was shipwrecked three times. At one point, would you be like, okay, I'm done? And he's like, by the final time, he, God had put such a fire inside him, just nothing could discourage him because he was so aware of what God had saved him from. I want to I be like that. I want to I be constantly aware of what God has saved me from so that I live in this place of complete gratitude. Totally aware that I don't deserve anything but hell, death, and the grave. But God, look what you did. So for the rest of my journey, my eyes are going to be fixed on you. I can tell you this terrorist became a terrorist of the devil. I mean, he messed with religion after being owned by it. Everything from his greatest weakness became his greatest strength. That ought to encourage somebody in here tonight. I can tell you my greatest weakness as a young man was, was an impure spirit. And I believe that's become one of my greatest strengths. To move from pride into humility. I hope God is developing that in me. I have not arrived. I know he'll be working on that for the rest of my life. But I can tell you I've learned to love what he loves and hate what he hates. And there was none of that in me before that encounter on that road that I had. Where are you at on that journey tonight? Where are you at? Have you allowed him to correct your vision? Have you sat still long enough for him to fill you? And I'm not trying to get into some theological thing. I'm trying to tell you the God of the universe, he wants to save you. He wants to dip you down in the water to cut off everything that you used, you know what I mean? All your old nature and get you fresh and ready to go into the next journey that he has for you, and he wants to fill you with power so that you can do it in victory and not be like, oh. See, he knew that Paul was so strong and so passionate, if he didn't fill him like that, that he would try to do everything on his own strength. Does that relate to anybody in here? I'm telling you, that is who I am. I will try to do everything on my own strength if I'm not aware constantly. I mean, come on, let's go fix this problem. I gotta, you got a problem, Dan? Let's go fix this problem right now. That's my flesh. I, I'll do that. 
I spent the first couple years of marriage trying to fix things for my wife. Didn't work very good. Don't do that. <laughs> Tried to fix her, and the Holy Spirit had to fix me. It's like, shut up. <laughs> Just be still and know that I am her God, and I can take care of her, and I'm a better, I'm a better husband than you are anyway, so... And as soon as I started to learn that and learn how to listen and not operate according to my own strength, but operate according to his, it became fun. And we, we're coming up on 19 years. And, I'm gonna, and, and, I, and I can tell you, I'm, we're just beginning to figure all that God has out for, for us. But even on days today when there was stress, it's fun. Because we've learned how to do it with him, how to walk with him, how to enjoy him together. And how to trust each other. You guys, this journey that he had is the journey you have. My question is, where are you at in that journey? Thanks for tuning into this podcast. We'd like to invite you to one of our services at People's Church here in Salem, Oregon. We meet on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for small groups and 11.30 a.m. for our main service. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MarkedYa, that's M-R-K-D-Y-A. Or you can find us at our church website, peopleschurch.com marked. Thanks for listening. You're loved by a great God.